Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Man, oh man, look what the cat dragged in. Look who I found stumbling around the, the streets of Detroit. It is Zach Meisel who has returned to the Selby's Godcast, courtesy of The Athletic Cleveland. I'm TJ Zuppi. And once again, Zach Meisel. Back on your own podcast, man. Congrats. Yeah, it's nice of you to have me today. Thank you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Jordan did a, an excellent job filling in for you last week. Yeah, I wasn't even aware that you guys were <laughs> replacing me last week. But, you know, sometimes you learn some things about people. And uh, we can save this for another time. No, I think you should just air out all your grievances now. People just want to know the relationship that takes place behind the curtain. I think if you have any issues, you need to call them out right now. Let's just say that maybe I'm uh, exploring other podcasting opportunities. <laughs> good luck trying to find one that's as good as this one. This is the best you're going to get, man. It's the best you're going to get. Just live with it. Uh, it's certainly not the best. Well, we have seen and we we think we'll see at some point this year for the Indians, but we're now at that quarter pole mark that many people feel like you can really kind of sink your teeth into some of the trends and, and analyze what's what's taken place. I know you did that yesterday at The Athletic, um, and there's, there's really a, a lot of, of both ends of the spectrum in there because we've seen Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez just go crazy here these last few weeks and you look at their season numbers and they're doing what you would expect them to do in fact maybe even doing more than you would expect them to do and you had the note yesterday just about their home run totals but you were looking through baseball reference yesterday and these two they're on a, a path to do something that we haven't seen in quite a while or maybe even ever. Yeah you know the roster right now is basically it's like the upper class and the lower class. I mean, it's it's. There's no one who's just like you look at and there you're like, ah, they're having an all right season. Like it's either everyone is either playing incredibly, the four starting pitchers, uh, Lindor and Ramirez and Brantley, or they've been brutal. Tomlin, the bullpen. I mean, it, it's it's weird, and and obviously it starts with Lindor and Ramirez. And the remarkable thing to me is that. They got off to slow starts. Remember that first week? It was like, what? what, You know, if these guys can't carry the offense, who will? Um, So, you know, in doing some research, look, shortstop has not always been a a power position offensively. Third baseman hasn't always been that either. Um, And when you have Lindor and Ramirez there, no teammates playing those two positions have ever both hit 35 home runs or more in a season. They're certainly on pace to do that. They're 12 home runs for Lindor, 13 home runs for Ramirez. Those are the top two numbers in the league, um, along with a few other guys like Mookie Betts and uh, Ozzie Albies, of course. You know, If you're 5'9 or shorter, you're in the lead for home runs. It's weird. Um, but And still Mike Trout. Mike Trout will always be there. Yeah, but it's... it's it's crazy. I mean, these guys didn't hit for any power in the minor leagues. They didn't hit for any power when they first came up to the majors. Um, and they've, they've developed into such good hitters and such imposing hitters. I mean, it, it's 
You, Ramirez, I could go on and on here. I mean, Lindor strikes out some, sure. He's a really good hitter. He's He's been on fire with back-to-back American League Player of the Week awards. But Ramirez, to me, like, if you're a pitcher, I, he's probably one of the three guys I don't want to see at the plate. Probably Trout and maybe Mookie Betts. But he's he doesn't strike out. He doesn't swing and miss. He doesn't get cheated. He hits everything hard. I mean, it's what is he bad at? What holes does he have? And and so this is a roundabout way of saying like the one the, the top thing you can probably say about this team right now is that they have two of the five, six, seven best hitters in the game right now. I mean, if you look at War, they have two of the top four right off uh, position players in baseball right now. And then on top of that. You have Corey Kluber backed up by a rotation that's pitched really well, and in fact, you know Carrasco of of the top four is the one that hasn't really pulled his weight, and I could use air quotes for that because even through some of his struggles, he hasn't exactly been bad. No, and uh, he's got two complete games, yeah. two dominant performances. I mean, he's had, he had a couple of really rough performances, and, and yesterday, as we record this on Tuesday, uh, in here in Detroit. He wasn't exactly great against a lineup that is full of a bunch of people that I had to look up to see who they were or hadn't or had forgotten about since we saw them, you know, recently or as soon as last year. But I mean, we're seeing the stars emerge and perform like stars. The problem is that there's just not there's not enough of a supporting cast right now. And I think there are, there are two ways to look at this. In the postseason, stars generally win games. Uh, like teams that are top-heavy, I would prefer that in the postseason if I had to pick. If a team that is just full of a bunch of really good players or a team that's full of a bunch of stars and then maybe you know the, the second tier isn't as great. Because it seems you know in a postseason setting, you can try to maximize, especially starting pitching in your bullpen, you can maximize innings. You can get guys in there as much as possible. That's what the Indians did in 2016 so well. They leveraged their stars to get as many opportunities as possible and ended up working out until right. Game 7 of the World Series. The downside of that um, is that when those guys aren't performing, it's going to be really tough to win because Jason Kipnis is not pulling his weight. Edwin Encarnacion still continues to struggle, and it's a different struggle than we saw last year. You know, last year you saw the patience, and you still saw some signs there that made you believe yeah, he's probably going to come out of this at some point. This year, yeah, he's still hitting for power, and, and the on-pace numbers as far as home runs go still look acceptable for a middle-of-the-order bat, but he's just striking out way too much. And he's not as patient as he was last year. And it you know, makes you wonder you know, what, what his future is as an aging slugger. And then you go through, you mentioned the back of the rotation, Josh Tomlin. That's not as much of a problem as I think some of these other issues. But then when you focus on the bullpen, it absolutely is a big problem. And you know, there, there's a difference between looking at a group that's struggling and believing that they're going to get better. And this bullpen, even a couple of years ago, before they went and got Andrew Miller, they struggled. They had some, some time. You know, Cody Allen wasn't quite himself. Brian Shaw had a few bad outings. Um, and it led to them going out and getting Andrew Miller. But that was a group that you had seen them perform in the past. You believe that they can kind of right themselves and get back on track, and Andrew Miller was just going to make them even more fantastic. This year, I, I, don't know, I don't know where I look at that group and say, well, that's going to improve. That's going to get better. Right now, it's Andrew Miller, Cody Allen. Maybe you can say Tyler Olsen now that he's shifted back to a, a more comfortable role of being that secondary left-hander. In that role, I think he shines. If he's elevated to being Andrew Miller in, in that sort of role, I think he's going to struggle. But outside of that, I, 
I don't know where I don't know where you go for outs right now. And you know, I've tried to pe- preach patience, and I think it's important to to note that you can, given the division, see what you have in some of these arms. But I haven't liked the early return on the on some of the uh, the environments here that these guys have been put in. Yeah, you know, it also seems like when they do make a mistake, it's costing them. You know, we saw a couple weeks ago, every time Lindor made a defensive miscue, it ended up biting them in the end. Um, anytime, it seems like anytime, I mean, anytime they go to the bullpen, it bites them. But they don't have a margin for error right now because half of your lineup is doing absolutely nothing. They're getting nothing. Their bench is brutal. Remember when in a couple years ago when they had the the goon squad and they could turn to those guys on the bench <laughs> right, and let they me would... see that was Giambi, yeah. Gomes, Avilas, and Rayburn. Yeah, quite a group, right? You still have your T-shirt hanging up somewhere? Somewhere. Um, they're getting nothing. Geyer's been brutal. Per- Roberto Perez hasn't hit. Rajay Davis has stolen a few bases, but he's he's had a rough go. So. They're getting nothing from the outfield. They're getting nothing from the the, the bench, and and then the bullpen. So so you're right. It's like you know the stars have to carry them, and if if stars have an off night, they have no chance. Right. And that's we saw. That's how it was in October. That's why they lost those three games to the Yankees because Kluber wasn't Kluber, and and Ramirez and Lindor weren't Ramirez and Lindor, and Encarnacion was without an ankle, and Brantley was without an ankle. Um, so. They're going to have to figure things out. And obviously, you'd rather have to fix the bottom half of your roster than the top half. Um, right. But there's a lot to sort out. I feel like there's... You know, they've had tons of turnover in the bullpen already. I think... I, I honestly feel like 10 spots on this roster might change over the next four months. I mean, there, there's so many guys who... like. Oliver Drake, I don't know that he'll be here in August. Evan Marshall, I don't know that he'll be here in August. I don't know that Geyer or Davis will be here in August. So it's going to be interesting. And I think the tough part for them is they're going to have to... They almost are going to have to bite the bullet here. Like, like it's... The, the issue I have, and I, I think the Indians are going to fix this. I think they're going to be fine. And they're going to enter October as just as much of a threat as the Yankees or the Astros. Maybe they aren't quite as good, but it's October. But Francona has kind of, he's been in panic mode. He's been in desperation mode, and we've seen the starting pitchers throwing 190 pitches in a game, and they've been doing that too often. And they've been afraid to... I'm just laughing because that, that's an exaggeration, but I feel like if I look at the numbers, that's what it would reflect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They've avoided the bullpen. We, we haven't really gotten a chance to see if some of these guys can hold a lead. If, if, if you know, when Andrew Miller was out, there were ample opportunities to see if certain guys could fill his shoes, and instead we got Cody Allen trying to get five-out saves. Yeah. And so because of that, it's like, well, if you're going to do that, you better win the games. And they didn't. Yeah. They struggled. And so now you're left with, okay, well, we still have to learn about these guys that we don't know much about, but now we also, we're only a 500 team, and, and the Twins are playing better, and there's there's just less margin for error. Yeah, I, I will readily admit, too, that it's easy in our position to sit up in the press box uh, or for a fan at home to say, give Evan Marshall more of a chance in a close game. Give Tyler Olsen more outs. Give... I mean, Alexi Agando came up here and, and threw, and they were going to let him throw till his arm fell off. But, you know, the 
it's easy for us in those positions to say, give these guys the rope and see what they do with it. It's different when you're when you're sitting in the manager chair and these games go on your resume. They go on your record. You know, there are jobs on the line here. Uh, there are games on the line, and you're still ultimately whether you're going about things in a way that you're trying to see what you got or you're going down with your best guys you know those still lost those losses still count against you so i while i agree with you and i think they they should give more of an opportunity and i think recently they've done that a little bit more but i th- i still think they need to expand upon that a lot more and maybe even go down into the minors and maybe that'll help fix their bench too with some of the guys they have down in the minor leagues but I also understand that, you know, given the Indians' position and given Tito and what he's trying to do here, he's trying to win as many games as possible to make it easier on the back end and not feel like you're in such a dogfight in August and September. I understand because every time he's going to the bullpen right now, it's not just the leads that are being given given up. You tweeted this yesterday. It's the the deficits that are growing. Yeah. It's the things that in the past they did such a fantastic job of keeping a game right there in a two three run hole where the offense got an opportunity to come up in the ninth inning and they had a chance. You know, yesterday they score in the the bottom of the ninth inning and it's still. I mean, they're within a a, a long a fly ball of, of changing the game, but you're in a game where. It's a one-run deficit and you score a run. Hell of a lot different than four-run deficit and you score a run and you're still scratching and clawing. So that's, I think that's been more frustrating than anything is that it's not just happening you know, in these close games. It's that they just can't, right now, they can't hold any sort of, of advantage or deficit right where it's at. And it's really putting every, everyone else in a really tough spot. And it's putting the starters in a, a spot where they're going to have to throw 116 pitches every single time out. And their bodies are fine now and they're able to handle that. But I, I don't know how they're going to handle that in August and September and October. Maybe it's fine and maybe this is all just r- ridiculousness on our part. But God, I can't see... You don't want to have to find I, out. I, I can't see why that makes sense right now in May, even when you're trying to win as many games as possible. I you know, for I, I know Tito is all about winning the day, and I, I give him credit for trying to maintain that attitude. But I feel like you, you've got to have a little bit more of the larger picture in mind here. Does it seem like to me? It seems like the fan base is split into two camps. One camp is they'll be fine; they can be patient. There's time to figure this out because the division is so bad. And the other camp is a that's not an excuse, and b. The way they play it, it's not a given that they win this division. What? But why? Why do you have to pick a side there? Because I don't think you I do. Don't. But that's that's the. But that's ridiculous, and I and I hate it. And this, this I don't know if it's the. Hold on, while I yell at this cloud real quick. I don't know if it's the social media age. I don't know if it's the the age of hot takes and people screaming into a television set and just like no, nothing. There's just here's what I feel right now and just screaming. I don't know if that's lent itself to just ignoring that multiple things can be true at once. Sure. I mean, it, I, I think you're right, and I, I'm. I, I just don't get the whole. Well, you have to pick a side. Well, right. what if I, I? I'm a complex human being, Zach. I can feel many different things. Are you? So I. I mean, I wrote this yesterday where we have to compartmentalize a couple things. Number one. Winning the division is your that's your first goal. It's not your only goal, but it's the first goal because we like whether you want to admit it or not, there's randomness in October, okay? 
all the people who are saying, oh, the Indians can't beat good teams, they're like 6-13 and 13 against teams over 500, something like that, which means that five months from now, if they face a team over 500, and obviously they would in October, they're going to struggle. Even though they were 5-1 and one against the Astros last year, they were fine against the Yankees, and then things didn't work out. But winning the division is first. Playoffs are, there, there's randomness, it's small sample sizes. Um, that has to be your primary objective. But you don't want to fall into the trap where you say, if you're the front office, well, we you know we know that 86 wins is going to get us a ticket to October, and then we'll have just We're as good a chance. We're in first place. What's everyone freaking out about? Yeah. So so it, it's to me, it's I, I ignore the division. Like it, it's I don't care about the division because if you if you do what you should do, you're going to win the division anyway. And what you need to focus on is making sure that your roster has as few flaws as possible come October. Like, the Indians are good. If they do what they should do, they don't have to worry about, oh, whether we make the playoffs or not. We can talk about this in absolutes. Like, if they take care of things, they'll be there. So, they need to, like, and the fallacy of this is that we all thought going into last year's playoffs, they were set up in prime (laughs) position. But, again, that goes back to the randomness of October. So, right now, like you mentioned with Tomlin, you don't need a fifth starter in October. Do you want a guy with an 8 ERA pitching for you in May, June, July, and August, and September? No. You'd like him to be a little better. But because you don't need that in October, and because that's your fifth starter and your top four starters are pitching phenomenally, you can live with that for right now. Or you have options you can go to. Plucko, Bieber, um, Ogando. Merritt's like dead now. Who else do they have? That's like it. That's bad. But, again, this is, I would put this below the bullpen yeah, it's and near, figuring it's out near some, the bottom of the to-do. some position players, too, right? And, and the fact that you can fix that internally, not fix it because you don't really know, but at least you have other alternatives internally, that, I think it gives you, it, it, it doesn't force you to panic as much about it because sure. you feel like there are other places you can go. Um, because we saw Plutko come up here and pitch really well, and he's pitched really well in AAA, um, and he's healthy this year, and that's probably the, the biggest thing for him. So let's go up the list now. I, I would put the next thing at guys in the in the lineup, and this this is vague, but like they've got to figure out Kipnis, and to a lesser extent probably Encarnacion, though you you go on track record what he did last year, and I know it's not quite the same, but you hope that he's hit nine home runs. There's still power in there, yeah. but with Kipnis, like. You need to make sure this lineup has some depth so that if Ramirez and Lindor struggle like they did in October, there are other people who can carry the boat. And right now, I don't really see... I mean, the top three is as good as anyone's top three in baseball. But after that, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, if, and if those three are doing what they've done recently... I mean, the offense has been fine. You know, yeah. Last night, aside, if you look at the past few weeks, you're pretty happy with what you've gotten offensively. Um, and that's even with Jason Kipnis losing like 35 points on his batting average. I mean, he had gotten it up to 200, and it felt like a minor victory for him. He's hitting 170. It's bad. Uh, it is. It is with not one home it run. It's not going well. And he <clears> hit six home runs in his first six spring training games. What happened, TJ? I, I, I wish I, if I had that answer. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here in a hotel room in Detroit talking to you about it. Um, When's room service getting here? By uh, the way, I think somewhere in the the. the Third segment of the show, um, and I'm hey I'm I am willing if this continues down this path. You know I was 
we talked about it a hundred times over the winter over this on this podcast about Kipnis, and I, I felt like there was still reason to believe that he's capable of being not a four or five win guy anymore, but still two and a half to three win player, maybe even better than that. And I'm not quite ready to say that that's not possible anymore, because. Boy, I feel like anytime you say something that def- that definitive uh, in May, it comes back but to, to absolutely bite you. But you know, I'm I'm willing to admit that I'm I'm getting pretty close to admitting that I was really really wrong about about Jason Kipnis. Michael Martinez's career OPS plus Ugh. 37. Jason Kipnis's OPS plus this year 35. Yeah, it's and it, Kip Kip is a guy that I. There are, are some that I, I think are better equipped to deal with a slump because they compartmentalize it better. It's it's something that I wish I could bring in my everyday life because Lord knows when things are going awry, I'm at the center of, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, so uh, on some levels, I, f- I feel for him because I think he's wearing it pretty, pretty heavily. Um, you can tell he's frustrated. On top of every time that you know he's struck out and and hasn't hit the ball hard, there have been many times where he has hit the ball hard. He's flying out to the warning track, and you can just see like every time he lines out or he flies out deep to left center field on a ball that you know maybe in the past would have lined its way off the wall. It's just building. You can see the frustration. Kind of like Gomes a couple years ago. Yeah, and and we saw how that can snowball. Um, You know, confidence, it's weird, and and Tito even said this yesterday. Confidence is a weird, fickle thing. I can't look it up on a spreadsheet, and I can't. I can't give you a number on it, so it's really tough to to give you any sense of how much that really impacts somebody. But confidence in this game, I mean, whether you're pitching and you just have the conviction in what you're throwing to have the confidence to throw it over the plate and realize that even if this gets hit, it's not going to get hit hard because I have good stuff. Or if you're up there at the plate, it's easy to say, well, you're hitting the ball hard or you scorched this one. Well, if you're not turning left at first base as opposed to going back to the dugout, and that starts to eat at you too. I think it's a situation with, with Kipnis who we know has beaten himself up in the past when he's gone through some slums. It's it's not helping. It's not helping the situation that that he wants to go out there and perform so bad. And it's kind of like in golf when you really, really, really want to hit the ball well, you end up probably shanking it onto somebody else's course. And it's tough because the, the minute you give Eric Gonzalez more opportunity, you take away more opportunities for Kipnis to bust out of it. So it, it's it's a tough balance. That's that's one of the toughest things Terry Francona has said. That's that's like the toughest part of his job is knowing when to run away from a guy when to continue sticking with someone um this is so what's that point like i i don't know i i don't i don't know what the answer is and many people probably listening to this podcast they're screaming it's now dudes it's now well as you said it's dudes well i was gonna say something else but even we even when we can swear on this podcast there are certain words that i probably shouldn't say okay um I don't know. You you want to the time was in December when you were talking to the Mets <laughs> and you had Yandy Diaz ready for an opportunity yeah. and he could have been your third baseman. I mean, you want to stick by him because Kipnis at his best is probably b- better than Eric Gonzalez at his best. But what are the odds that you're ever going to get 
Jason Kipnis said his best again. I, I, I don't know what the answer is, and I am thankful that I don't have to make that decision because it surely is not an easy one to make. And I know this is something that they're kicking around. I mean, for as much as they, as Tito says that they're going to stick by guys, you know they're sitting in there having these these exact same conversations that you and I are having are the conversations that Tito and Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and the assistant coaches, these are things they're all kicking around. In fact, you know, for the first time that I can recall in, in quite some time, you know, he even admitted that he's he has thought about Kipnis against a lefty, sit him, put Eric Gonzalez out there, mm-hmm. give him more opportunities. Doesn't mean that he's going to, but he's thought about it. I mean, these are the things that he's kicking around, and I know May is the, probably the time to do that now that we're 40 games in and you feel like you have a pretty good sense of what's happening. But the fact that he's even admitting that he's thinking about it, I mean, that should tell you where they're at there on that thought process. Yeah, I, I just I don't know how... I feel this roster is inefficient. Like, Yandy Diaz and Francisco Mejia should probably be in the lineup, but it just... I don't know how that would work. Yeah, and Mejia right now is struggling. I don't know if it's... This is just from afar watching it. Could right. be because... He's well, a I think I think what I mean is like I, I would have said this also two months. Ago. I understand that, but I mean as far as Mejia goes, for those that are saying, "Well, get him up here," he's he's struggling right now, and it could be because he's 22 at AAA for the first time. Okay, that is an issue, perhaps. Could be because he's still trying to become a better catcher, and there's a lot to take on. He's or playing he's playing a different adding, position every day. He's adding outfield to the mix too. Maybe it's just too much on a, on the plate of a 22 year old that has led to the. The performance here that we've seen so far in AAA, but it's not like you know he's not kicking the door down to get up here. Sure, Yandy Diaz is still doing the same things that he has been. It's the same Yandy Diaz show that we've seen, hitting the ball hard on the ground and getting on base forty percent of the time. That's what he is. Well, Kipnis has gotten on base twenty five percent of the time. So, I would love to see, and I've mentioned this many times in our Q and As that we've done. I. I, just out of sheer curiosity, I would love to see Yanni Diaz get 500 plate appearances yep. and see what he did with it. Yeah. So as we move up, I, I think we agree the bullpen is probably the top priority here. And, and, and it's not just because outside of Miller and Allen, who are both going to be free agents, don't forget that. Um, yeah, I already started looking at relievers who have multiple years of control who would make the right. most sense to go out and get it at the deadline. But we've seen this impact the starting rotation. As we mentioned, these guys might be burnt out by August if they have to throw 117 pitches every time they pitch, even though they won't admit that, even though Bauer 117 pitches is like his, his preferred minimum. Um, it, it's 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 impacting everybody. We talked about this. It, it, it's impacting the starting rotation. It's impacting Terry Francona and his decision-making. It's impacting the offense because, like we saw last night, a 3-2 lead deficit becomes a 6-2 deficit in the blink of an eye because of some person that they pulled out of the stands named Nico Goodrum. And all of a sudden, now you have to score four runs in the ninth. And even though they brought the tying run to the plate, it's like, well, if that was just a one-run deficit, it would have been no problem. Which so, was the bigger surprise? Santino Morella coming out to win the Intercontinental Championship <laughs> from the crowd in Italy? Or is that the Nico guy with the Goodrum? snake? Yes, yes, of course, that is the, the snake. All right, I'm still on 99. Um, <laughs> just watch Backlash. So, anyway. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with the corporate ministry and the union? I don't know. Who is this higher power they keep talking about? Uh, Monday Night Raw, the best. Um, so uh, it, it's it's tough because you can't just go and call the Orioles and say, hey, we want all your relievers because they're going to say, well, that's nice, but you have to overpay us right now because there's not enough other buyers out there to create a bidding war. So 
it's tough. There isn't really a market, and you'd have to overpay by a ton right now until you get those sellers who are then able to play the market, maybe get desperate and feel like they need to move guys before it's too late, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know... I don't know what you do until then. Andrew Miller coming back doesn't solve everything. No. You still now you have. Well, two I mean, you can't pitch him every day. You There's can, that. He's can't. rusty, and also you still have just two relievers you can trust, and everybody else is a giant question mark. And not only that, but it's more than question marks. I mean, Zach McAllister comes in, and it's like he's going to give up runs. I feel the same way with with, with other guys right now too. And, and Evan Marshall, I mean, throw strikes. You got You can't. Yeah. And he he would be the first to tell you you can't walk the first two guys uh, to to set up an inning when you're trying to protect a one run. Especially deficit. in that lineup, you can't do it. You have to make them earn it. And again, it's this is nothing that he doesn't know that he hasn't been preached a hundred times to. But it's something that just continues to lead down the path of of destruction that they've set up. It's it's. It's really, it's really difficult to try to figure out what the answer is because, like I said at the very start of this podcast, there are times in the past where you see guys struggling, but you you think they're going to come out of it. I I don't have because we've never seen it. I have no faith in Evan Marshall. I have no faith in Zach McAllister. Or Who I is no Oliver Drake? In Oliver Drake, and it's not because I have anything against those guys. It's because they haven't. They have yet to prove why you should trust them in these situations. And maybe one of them will. Maybe multiple of them will. But right. Right now, they haven't done enough to justify, um, you know, that sort of belief in them being able to get the job done. So, you know, the bullpen is a dumpster fire. Yeah, we get it, we get it. But the other issue is that then if Andrew Miller and Cody Allen aren't perfect, as we saw, I mean, Miller gave up the home run the other night. Cody Allen was a gas can in New York. Then you're just, you're dumping gallon after gallon of kerosene onto that fire. And and it's then what? Like if those two guys have an off night, then you have absolutely no chance. Yeah. So that's 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 where they're at. And, and I I mean I have no doubt that they're they're going to make a trade at some point for a reliever, maybe two, maybe three. But like, you that's also no guarantee that that's the solution either. Like you might acquire someone and they might not be great, yeah. or you might acquire someone and they might be good, but. You have three relievers you can trust, and the Yankees and Astros might have five. I know the popular take is they should have signed Brian Shaw based on what we've seen this year, but I, I disagree with that take. They should not have signed Brian Shaw to the deal that he got. Not for them, I, I don't. No. I don't think they, they could justify that. They needed to fix the bullpen beyond non-roster invites and, and minor league signings. Yep. Uh, and and maybe even add more of those as some other alternatives. And I know it's tough. You know, guys want to come to a place where they feel like they have a chance to win the job. But not signing Brian Shaw, that to me isn't the issue. It's that they didn't find somebody they else. They didn't replace him to fill the Shaw role. Signing Shaw to that contract would have been, I, I think, a pretty, pretty big misstep on on their part. So I, I have no problem with that. What about Joe Smith? Making. Joe Smith probably would have been a much better fit uh, for what they need, but still, I mean, I don't I don't think just if Joe Smith is in this bullpen, that's do you think that has has fixed everything? No. That, no. That and he's fine? he's actually had a rough go. The guy I wanted was Hector Rondon. I think he signed for like 4 million with Houston, who he's got a great track record. I know he's had some injury issues. What's the spin in the past. rate in Houston? <laughs> Probably a million. Um, and this is cheating, but he's got a 2.45 ERA in 16 appearances. What's so. his FIP? 
2.46. His FIP is higher than his ERA oh, by well, one hundredth of a point. <laughs> it's fair. Um, and if you want to go the rental route, I mean, there's going to be plenty of relievers that you can get for the rental. Um, but it's, I, it's, it's I, the I, same I, thing, though, TJ. It, it's the same thing because... Yeah, those, the guys might be a little better, but you still are going to – there's going to be a process where you have to learn, and you have to – it's going to be a trial by error because, like, with Marshall – like, Marshall might be good. He he was really good with Arizona a couple years ago, but then, then he went through some injury stuff, and, and, and now you just don't know how to trust him. You don't know when you can use him, and you have to build that up. And when you, it, when you trade for guys at some point, it's going to be the same thing unless you go get someone like Andrew Miller. Yeah, and – the only way that makes sense to to pull that sort of deal off is if you're keeping them for multiple years, right? Um, and you're giving up a shit ton. Yeah. Well, I think it's worth it, given that they still want to compete. They have to do something about that bullpen for next year too. Sure. It's not just about fixing it this year. I mean, fixing it this year, sure, but God, look at it starting next year. Um, so I, I think they have to find somebody that. Um, that they're going to control for at least two, maybe three years. It, probably in the same mold as Andrew Miller, the way that they pulled off that trade. And if they do that, then you can more easily justify giving up the prospects it's going to take to get it done. But when you give up six years of control for someone that is going to be what you think is really pretty good for two months of a reliever, that's even, even given their problems, that's pretty hard to justify. Yeah, and I thought for a while Danny Salazar was going to be the knight in shining armor. To come rescue the bullpen, and I don't, not buying that who? anymore. This, I'm sorry, who? It's this guy who uh, sings along to Latin pop in his car in Arizona, <laughs> posted on Instagram. Boy, that's been disappointing for them. I think right? He used to play baseball. At the end of April, Tito said they felt like they he had turned a corner, and then we're sitting here almost halfway through. Or we are halfway through May now. Um, and he is farther away from getting into a game than he was at the end of April. I, I don't know. Forget even this year. I don't know how you count on him for the rest of his arbitration years. Because he is he can't, he just can't stay on the field. For as talented as he is, he can't stay on the field. And you can't impact things from out in Arizona in the complex. You can't. You're not having mad an again. impact. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I mean, how are you going to commit millions of dollars to that guy next It's really year? tough. It's really tough. And I, I think the most frustrating thing about that, um, and maybe it's even tough to say this, it's not just about that he's not on the field for you. I mean, that, that hurts in itself. Because imagine this rotation with a healthy Danny Salazar. And I'm sure it, it forces Antonetti to wake up in cold sweats, the fact that he can't see that. Um it's also about that you had a guy that once had immense trade value. And because you don't really want to give away starting pitching that, is, that could be that good front of the rotation type of starting pitching, they held on to him. And I can understand from their standpoint why they did that. Sure. But now, with the benefit of hindsight, you kick yourself because you think, man, what? For Antonetti, he knows this better than anybody in Chernoff and the rest of the front office. They, they know all the offers that they've mulled over. They know what they've turned down, offers for Danny Salazar. And I'm sure you know it's impossible to do this, but imagine going back and being able to redo some of those trades, knowing that Danny just can't get on the field. You want to do the random Indian? I would love to do the random Indian. You need to pick up your spirits. Speaking of the bullpen, this guy could probably give them a lift. Clue number one. 
He made his debut for the tribe in 2001. Okay. Any guesses? 2001. Is it... I have no, no, no guess. He ended up pitching for the Indians for three years. He was a reliever for two of those years, a starter for one of those years. Okay. I, I keep thinking of 2007 pitchers. 2001. I can't, I can't, I can't think of anyone. His, he ended up being an all-star in 2005 with Tampa Bay. With Tampa Bay? Ugh. Is it... Craig Breslow? No. <laughs> I have no idea. He... Craig Breslow, an all-star. Wow. No. Uh, the Indians Didn't signed... Did have a couple good years with Boston? I don't know. Not all-star years. The Indians signed him... Out of Cuba in 1999. Uh, is it Danny Baez? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Danny Baez. Rookie year, 2001, 43 appearances, a 250 ERA, 52 strikeouts in 50 innings. Had kind of an up and down year the next year when he was a starter. That was the year the Indians started rebuilding. It was the year Bill Selby hit a walk-off grand slam off Mariano Rivera. Shout out to the podcast namesake. And then he pitched for them in 03, and then I don't I don't remember the story, but he randomly became a free agent. Uh, I think they only signed him. When they signed him, I think they signed him to a, signed major, him to a major league deal, deal or something to that effect. Went to Tampa. So with the Dodgers for a minute, the Braves for a minute. Baltimore, Philly. What a weird career. Danny Baez, if if my memory serves, he signed in 1999? Yes. I can't remember when he pl- he would have then went to Akron at some point. And uh, he, well, he signed in November 99, so okay, he spent so he... 2000 with mostly with Akron, a little bit with Kinston. Okay, so in the year 2000... In the year 2000... Um, I was in Akron. My dad had some sort of partnership. The place he worked with was doing some sort of special game at Akron, so I was there super early. And Danny Baez, in in the year 2000, was with Akron and uh, ended up running down there and getting his autograph because at the time everyone thought, hey, this guy's going to be really good. Um, Coming out of Cuba, had you know a, a lot of hope around him. So let's see, I would have been like a sophomore in high school at this point. So I ran down there, got his autograph. The next day, I was also there, and there were a few more. And so then I'm running down there, going to get some autographs. They passed the baseball along. Well, I didn't see him down there. I got my baseball back after like two or three people had signed it, and they like flipped it back. And I looked, and he had signed the ball again. <laughs> so huh. at some point, he had come back and signed my baseball again. So somewhere in my parents' basement, uh, from his time down in Double A Akron, I have a baseball with like, I wish I could remember, like Damian Jackson and Danny Baez. But Danny Baez signed it twice on the same ball. <laughs> uh, I have a baseball signed by Alex Ramirez. Oh, remember him? I do remember him. Manny's little brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's well, today's random Indian of the podcast. That was a really terrible story on my part, so I apologize. But thank you for subscribing to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a review. You can also uh, 
rate us and help us move up the the ranks of podcasts over there. And there are a million other ways you can subscribe. There are we're on Anchor, on Pocket Casts. Um, we always tweet out the links over at Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at TJ Zuppi, at Zach Meisel. And we do appreciate all of you that have subscribed. And of course, remember it's free to subscribe over here, but it's not so free to subscribe over the Athletic. But we it's close promise, to free. We promise it's worth it, and it's worth the price of a cup of coffee. Any parting words for our listeners this week? You know, I listened to your podcast with Jordan Bastion, and I enjoyed how, as you were making your closing remarks, you said, help us move up the leaderboard so we're better than those other crappy podcasts, <laughs> like the one featuring the guy that I'm doing this podcast with. Um, that was He'll nice. tell you that he had much more fun on our podcast than of course, his MLB.com podcast. That's all. I have no other parting oh, words. Oh, that's the parting words? Okay, well, thanks. Have, hope everyone has a better week than the Indians' bullpen has been having. And we'll see you when we get back around here to do this once again.